0: Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast. You've heard that content is king, while wise content rules the world. This podcast is about understanding how you can make and utilize wise content for your, to improve your financial success in your company's bottom line. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, and I'm a marketing technology expert who has built a multi-million dollar company and I'm also an award-winning content producer. My company is Galileo Tech Media, a leader in providing wise content for SEO, content marketing, and digital PR. Our wise content is content that incorporates semantic science, behavioral science, AI, and data to make marketing and promotional content that is smart, that converts better, and gets better rankings. Galileo helps companies achieve scale and effectiveness with their SEO and content marketing. Our agenda today is trust. I'll have today, a little bit later, my guest is Brandon L. Young, a senior consultant of PsyNet Group and an organizational psychologist. And he is an assessment scientist and researcher and also a pro-MES facilitator. But first, a little story. Imagine You're headed to a jewelry store to purchase a Rolex watch. You're walking along. Maybe you can't really afford one, but just imagine on your way to the store, you see a man in the street. He sidles up to you, rolls up his sleeves, shows you his arm and strapped with a watch up to watches up to his elbow. Hey, man, want to buy a Rolex? He mutters unless you are temporarily insane. You won't bite. Why? Because you don't trust the guy there is no way those Rolexes are real. This may seem a little bit odd example, but many digital marketers today are the equivalent of the watch salesman. They connect with a potential prospect through social media or email or from search engines and immediately begin pushing their products. They're not taking any time to develop a relationship of trust. Trust is really important for selling online. Establishing that trust in your content is incredibly important. But not only is it important for selling, it's important for getting found in the first place. Um, it's different than uh, the, the, the world of the street in that regard. You, know, you, you can walk down the street and you can, just, you can just stand there and be able to knock somebody up and say, hello, but you know on the search engines, They actually are smart enough to figure out who's the sellers that should be standing along the street. Google, in fact, introduced an acronym to represent how it evaluates uh, websites to give them positions in the search engines. It's called EAT, E-A-T. E stands for expertise, which you have to demonstrate. Authority, you have to be an authority is represented by multiple factors. And you have to be trustworthy. You have to show you have to be somebody that people trust. And if you don't, um, if you don't, get, if you don't establish that, you don't get ranked. The first two, expertise and authority, are are for, really for how you get higher rankings. But trust—if you're not trusted, you don't get rankings at all. So it's really important. Um, and it's uh, and it's uh, and it's there are several factors, many factors that go into that, and some of them and some of that is behavioral. Which we'll talk about uh, a, little bit, a little bit later, but right now I'm going to tell you that uh, the few of the fundamental things that uh, that you have to do. One is is your reviews. If there's negative negative sentiment about your business, Google will figure it out. So you have to pay attention to the reviews you're getting from people on all the different places that that you might get reviews. And this could be if you're in in, in travel, it might be TripAdvisor. There's other there's other for other kinds of business, you can look at TrustPilot, of course, Facebook, Google My Business, um, multiple directories, um, and, and, if, and if you're operating in the in the United States, you better be uh, have good reviews on the uh, on the Better Business Bureau site. Um, and so you have to pay attention to those uh, those sentiments and address them and try to build enhance your rep- 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 your reputation. Also important is just the trustworthiness of your site. And there's a lot of technical uh, aspects to that besides just the nature of the content. You have to have a clear way to make contact with, your, with the website owner. Um, it has to, it's best if it can be associated with a physical location. Um, while it's not impossible, it is a good, it's, it increases uh, uh, trustworthiness if you can list an address. If you have a, a, a terms of service and a privacy policy on your page and, and accessible and the footer is important. Um, making sure that you use a, a secure domain, that's HTTPS, an SS, or what's called an SSL certificate. If your site is not using now HTTPS um, as its default protocol, then you are actually out of the game. And in fact, uh, Google and Chrome browser is going to start giving, uh, started giving warnings to people saying this is not necessarily a trustworthy site. So if you're not doing it, you're going to uh, eventually just totally lose the game. Um, you should, uh, and you should have, you should have, a, if you have, if you're accepting money, then you need to be having clear refunds and returns policy. Um, you should, if you're doing, if you're selling products, you need to have comp- a comprehensive specifications of the product and any necessary safety bite. And in, and in general, if you're sharing knowledge, it's a good idea to have an author biography included and to cite external resource sources where relevant. Linking out, linking out to authority sites is a good thing. So those are some of the technical aspects to make Google think, you know, represent you as being trustworthy. But you know, it's not only Google uh, and the technical things; it's also content marketing. Uh, for most of your brands, content pieces, your goal is to be create shareable content. That your customers will pass out on their network, um, and um, and it's an interesting statistic is that nine out of ten customers, consumers, want brands to share content online, uh, and it and and when we talk with Brandon, it's also interesting that uh, that content from businesses are now as trusted as much, or if not more, than uh, news media and the government. Uh, and it's an interesting t- point in our society where people actually trusting businesses uh, qu- quite a deal. And, and I, and when we talked with Brandon, uh, there were some aspects of that, that I thought we could point out. Um, but, you know, in order for content to be sure, shared, it has to be considered trustworthy. Uh, so you just can't slap a logo on a corner and have a quote uh, from one uh from one uh, sort of source, you got to build trustworthy, shareable content, and it needs to reflect your brand. Um, it means that uh, it needs to address your customers' interests and values in an authentic way. You can't, you can't, you can't really lie to your customers and get away with it. You, you know, the day of hiding things behind the uh, brand no longer works. Brands are transparent now. And you have to understand that uh, it's a pass through. You're not going to hide anything. So you need your culture and everything that you do needs to represent your brand. Um, it's best if your content is inspirational and educational in order to be trusted. Uh, and um, but uh, but it, and, and an interesting statistic is that. While 58% of consumers will trust just plain editorial content when they, when it's inspirational or educational, it jumps to 74% will uh, trust the content. Originality. Don't be copying other people. Um, you know, there's, there's right now there's in this one minute I'm speaking 347 word press blog posts were just published. What's going to make your, uh, your, your, your stand out. Um, some things that I, I just learned, and, I, I'm, and you know, I've been doing this for a while, is if you use stock photog- uh, photography, it reduces trust. Uh, or if you use charts from other researchers, it reduces trust. You want to try and be original as you can. People will actually notice those shortcuts. Um, and you will lose. You know, one piece will lose 30% of its readership, can drive away 30% of readership of your whole blog if it's really uh, has a lack of credibility. So you have to do this for every post. Um, And again, and then showing your sources where you are are getting your information is is really important and increases uh, uh, trust. and you know that they, half of customers will say that trust is is is, is, uh, is lost when there's no verifiable external sources. Um, so, so when you're another thing is when you're when you're when you, if you can get people to share your content, that word of mouth creates more trust. So sharing itself. You know, building content that's trustworthy, that causes people to share it, builds even more trust. And in fact, builds a lot of trust for your brand. Uh, so word of mouth uh, trust is, is incredibly important. Um, and then, so at the end of the day, before customers trust you, they need, they need to, before they share you, they need to trust that you're a reputable source. And so you can, by incorporating these various trust signals, and there's more than what I just mentioned. There is a lot of behavioral stuff that can go into a uh, content to make it speak to the person. There's personalization. The world's coming where everybody will get a different piece of content, but it still has to be personal, trustworthy to them individually. And that's going to take a lot of understanding of behavior and AI and data. Um, but incorporating tr- various trust signals into your content and staying true to your brand and your audience interests can create content where your customers trust enough to give the ultimate endorsement, endorsement, sharing it with their network. So that brings me to our guest, Dr. Brandon L. Young. Brandon is an industrial organizational psychologist who partners with organizations to identify and build sustainable solutions to their most pressing behavioral businesses challenges. He makes teams and organizations smarter by measuring what matters and more productive through evidence based assessments and feedback processes. Hello, Dr. Brandon. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, it's good to, you know, I read that um, article called Follow the Trust. Now, the full disclosure Brandon uh, works with a, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Uh, Dave Popple, who's going to be on next week. Um, and I've been talking to Dave about, uh, him being on the show for a different, uh, purpose, but he'd sent this, this, uh, blog post across the transom and I read it and I've been thinking about trust in the terms of the, what we do in marketing. And there were some points in that article I thought were really great. And I said, well, some of this could translate into what people could do to make content better. So, uh, you know, I think that we could talk about some of the aspects of that article and then see if we can find some applicability to a marketer trying to make their content uh, more trustworthy. Sound like a good idea?
1: Absolutely. I think yeah. there, there's definitely some uh, some some play there for for people in the marketing world.
0: Yeah. So you talked about, well, we only have a minute here for until the break. So um, do, why don't we just take the break now and we'll come back and we'll talk about the state of trust in the United States. Sounds great. All right. Hi, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast uh, with my guest, uh, Dr. Brandon Young. So Brandon, I read your article uh, about Follow the trust. And in, in it, you talked about the state of trust in the US. Can you expand upon the, 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 what is the state of uh, trust in the United States?
1: Yeah, first I, first I just want to make a comment on one thing from the intro. So I can't think of a more... Uh, New York analogy to, to trusting digital marketers than the, uh, Rolex, uh, person selling a Rolex on the street. Maybe, maybe the Louis Vuitton handbag salesperson as well. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but I can't, you know. That definitely speaks to New York when I heard that. Um, so the state the state of trust uh, in the US, <laughs> back to your question. Um, you had, you actually highlighted one of the, the points that um, uh, from the Edelman uh, Trust Index, they just put out their 2021 uh, results and they had about over 33,000 respondents from 28 different countries. And they look at trust across various institutions. So they look at uh, businesses, governments, NGOs, and media. And, and the, the point that you highlighted was that uh, business uh, seems to be more trusted than, than any of those other institutions. Now, it's only 54% of the respondents who said that they trust businesses. So keep that in context. Um, That tells you how poorly the other institutions are trusted. Um, But business was also the only one that uh, was looked at as seen as both ethical and competent. So uh, NGOs were seen as ethical. Think about Doctors Without Borders, uh, World Wildlife Federation, those types of organizations. Uh, So they're seen as ethical, but not necessarily competent. And then uh, governments and media media, uh, are not seen as either. the bright spot in this, um, you know, nearly seventy-five percent of the U.S. respondents, at least, uh, said that they could trust their own employers to do the right thing. So at least, uh, at least, employees are, are trusting the, their leaders, the folks that employ them, the people they work for. Um, and some of those, the top trust-building activities or actions that they see from employers are things like guarding their information um, and making sure that they're uh, getting uh, they're guarding the information quality. So they're they're Feel like they're getting uh, trustworthy information from their employers versus uh, from media, from uh, government, some of these other institutions. They also um, are they they feel like they're getting reliable information from their managers. And think about the time we're living in right now, uh, when everything shut down, people moved to remote workspaces. Other people who weren't able to do that had to trust that their employers were going to be mindful of their safety and that sort of thing. We're taking information from the correct places and, and sharing that uh, in a trustworthy way. And um, and so it's it's good that they at least uh, can trust their their employers to do the right thing, uh, because really that's the most proximal relationship um, and probably the most important to their their own personal safety and health.
0: So but, is, uh, that, uh, is that... Um... Does that go to, I mean, in some ways, we've become a lot more tribal and polarized. Is, is that related to that? I mean, how did we get here?
1: It could be in some ways. Um, in other ways, I think, you know, the, what we saw was that trust really eroded uh, since May of 2020 in government and these other places. So oh, perhaps- really? that recent, so wow. That recent, um, there was a, a huge, a, a deep- uh, fall uh, since May. And then when we had the election, um, especially for Trump voters, that trust fell even further. And so I think people, it may be some of that tribal, but people are grasping for who can we trust <laughs> in this environment. In some cases, it's not the media. Social media uh, is the least trusted uh, institution that we see. So um, so there may be some tribalism, but it's also just like, who is, who's really treated me best here, maybe, <laughs> uh-huh. out of these institutions. And, um, and I think managers really did step up their game in terms of communicating, being transparent, um, checking in, making sure employees were okay as they were working from home or as they were working on the front line. So in, in some ways, I think um, the things that managers and leaders should have be, should be doing all the time, um, they've had to really step up their game, and it's, it's paying off in, the, uh, in that trust uh, world.
0: So, um, was there any indication about whether that was, whether it was employees? Did that extend to consumers as well? You know, people buying stuff.
1: Um, it it certainly, I think, shows up when uh, empl- when when employers and organizations are doing good things um, for the broader society or for their communities. So, uh, you, you've seen um, or you get good press about leaders who took a pay cut or they um, didn't take any salary to make sure that they could pay employees. Uh, or if Amazon has helped in terms of uh, distributing uh, goods um, to help in the pandemic efforts. So there are companies that have been doing those sorts of things all along, being socially responsible, having good corporate social responsibility. They cared about the climate. They do things like that. They uh, display their philanthropic activities. Um, but I think um But certainly in this environment, when there are a lot of people that um, are just in need and hurting, I think that some of those activities are really paying dividends, Um, but they have to act first, not just say we're going to do these things, Um, act first, then uh, talk about it.
0: Have to be authentic, like I said. Right, right. So um, a lot of those companies you mentioned have pretty big name CEOs. How does trust in CEOs affect the trust in an organization?
1: Uh, the CEO, really, I mean, they're they're often the face of the organization, right? Um, everybody knows who the CEO is. Um, if you know of the company, then you know the CEO. And any time that they uh, are involved in any sort of transgression, that obviously impacts the organization in a negative way. They're going to get negative publicity off of that you may lose uh, advertise advertisements um, or advertising spots and consumers uh, you know, think about um, think about some of the organizations that um, you know we've seen in the news lately it's it's often maybe I'm not psyching just the last year but in the last five years maybe it's often not necessarily because they're doing great things right It's because they've done something that violated trust. Uh, I just read an article uh, about McKinsey. And the partners just recently voted out um, their top leader due to some blowback that they were receiving from uh, their work with pharmaceutical companies uh, because of the opioid crisis, projects that they've had with scandal, uh, scandalous um, companies in South Africa that uh, uh, there are power providers in South Africa. Also, um, in their dealings with ICE, United um, you know, States immigration uh enforcement so i mean they had some blowback there and and the person who uh took the fall for that was was the ceo and it just seems like every month we we have something like that and it and it may not be that high profile but um you know there are all kinds of different kinds of there are all types of transgressions uh that could cause somebody to lose trust and you see things like the me too movement and 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 how high profile or high status maybe not the ceo but but high status folks have uh, been fired or forced to resign due to, to transgressions because people do not want that uh, image or publicity for their firms.
0: So do you think that, um, uh, the, uh, that's interesting. If, if there's a distrust at say the CEO level, um, would that translate into that at the micro level, somebody reading an article or reading a blog post and, and whether they would trust the information on that, if it was uh, you know, based upon a company with a, the CEO in a bad, you know, bad light or even the company itself in a bad light?
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the CEO is the kind of the, the flame or the torch bearer for the whole organization. So if, if the CEO is seen in a bad light, everybody else down the chain could be seen in a bad light because they're, they may not be holding other people um, up to, to the standards that they should be held up to. Um, you know, a glimmer of hope is that uh, in that Edelman uh, trust barometer people were more likely to trust their own employers uh ceo so they trust their own business they trust their own it's very localized their own ceos Mm -hmm. and and some of that is due to some of the factors we were talking about is that um, because there's a void in with government and trust in government and media uh employers have been asked to step up to uh, take on some of those societal challenges and and uh employees respond to that and employees follow that, that model of the CEO. Um, and so consumers see that, um, that that leads to more credibility in their character. We'll talk a little bit about the trust equation. Um, and, and those are a couple of variables that go into that. And um, I, I think I'm going off on a tangent here, but That's right. um, <laughs> was I answering your question?
0: That's, that is. yeah. No. So why do you think trust matters to organizations?
1: Um, well, it's it certainly matters in terms of their reputation, in terms of how they reach their consumers. But as we've been talking about, but it also influences um, how employees act, how they how they manage their customer service transactions, whether or not they're engaged in the workplace. Um, you see higher retention rates uh, when trust is high, and you just see high uh, overall uh, greater. Uh, financial performance for organizations that are deemed more trustworthy. And obviously that's, uh, that's the goal for most, most organizations is to um, have have good financial outcomes.
0: So, yeah, you know, that, um, you know, I wonder if the online world will start measuring, you know, things like it's interesting. I bet you they could start measuring employee retention. They could start measuring those kind of signals to see if an organization is trustworthy to determine whether the content is trustworthy because they're doing some really interesting things in that regard. Uh, so organizational trustworthiness could have an impact about whether the blog post the marketer is writing will actually show up in the search engines, don't you think?
1: It absolutely could. I mean, uh, trust is a foundation for for everything that, that an organization puts out there. So. Um, It would influence how somebody might take a marketing approach, which could influence the credibility or the character behind uh, what it is that you're doing. Um, And if you're not building trust within your organizations, it's difficult to build trust
0: outside of your organization. Yeah, cool. So when we come back, we'll talk about that trust equation you just mentioned. Okay, sounds good. this is joseph franklin mcelroy back with the wise content creates wealth podcast with my guest brandon young so brandon um you know uh, the way i understand the signet group essentially uh, does uh, for large corporations helps identify the trustworthiness of employees for the positions they're going to fill correct
1: that's one of the things that we do yes yeah, so we can yeah. we can assess for that sure
0: so that sort of maps to um, the employee being the the resume and them being the bl- the blog page or the product page, and then the big company being the consumer, and you have sort of this trust equation that you use, don't you? So tell me about that. There may be some ways to map that in a different way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So of course, when you're when you're a job
1: candidate, you're trying to sell yourself, so it is you're marketing yourself with with the resume or whatever it might be, and. Um, well, let me just ask you a question, real quick, Joseph. What what is an organization at its core?
0: What is it at its core? It's uh, well, it depends upon where you're coming from but it's a unique selling proposition. It's a mission statement and a uh, community of people uh, uh, following that. The community of people is what. Thank you for getting to that. Um,
1: <laughs> so, of course, those <laughs> other pieces those other pieces are important, but it's it's people coming together um, and, and they're working toward uh something shared right a shared mission uh, shared vision like you mentioned as well and from the moment an employee engages with an organization so even on that on that website before they submit their application um, they're already making judgments about an organization so you mentioned earlier that the website is important right and it it lends to the credibility and trustworthiness of an organization and so they're making judgments from the second they engage to the second they leave that organization and they're making judgments and for perceptions about certain things and so that with the trust equation um, we talk about uh, there are four variables in the trust equation so there are three variables uh, in the numerator and those those variables are capability character and cultural alignment so people are making perceptions about these things and they're mul- multiplicative so if if any one of those is zero that there's the perception of the capability is zero uh, the perception of character is zero the perception of the cultural alignment is zero what do you get if you multiply uh, something times zero right zero,
0: zero. right
1: yeah. all right yeah so when we're talking about capabilities um, really when you when you're trusting others, uh, it begins with trusting yourself and your capabilities. But it's not, uh, it's being confident, uh, which is a strength, but not overconfidence, which then becomes a weakness. So often what we see are people are promoted uh, into managerial or leadership types of positions because they were really good at the technical capability part. But they may have never led anybody, or maybe they're not good at leading people, but they're good at that technical piece. So they're put in this leadership position. When they get that promotion, they, they feel a sense of validation It often can lead to a sense of overconfidence uh, in their ability to do other things like lead people. And when you have that overconfidence, it, it tends, you tend to have mistakes. And when you have mistakes or errors in judgment, you don't trust other people or bring them into the conversation. You don't build a, uh, an advice culture uh, people start losing trust in you, if they had any trust in you in the first place. Um, often we see people get promoted and we say, I do not trust this person as a leader. They're very good at what they did, um, but I don't trust them in, in inspiring and inspiring me and motivating me and, and, and getting this team to do the right things. The other piece of that is, is character, and so that's really a function of, of reliability integrity and intent. And so reliability comes from consistency between actions and words. Um, You want people to be able to predict what you're going to do based on what you said, right? So if I I set an expectation based on something I said, um, I should follow through on that. Uh, Integrity is about being honest and and it stems from having an alignment again between uh, behavior and not just what you say you're going to do, but your stated ethics and values. And then that intent piece, is, it refers to our motives. So what was the intent behind our motives? Do people um, see us in, in terms of in a good light and they feel like our intentions are good or do they feel like they're self-serving? And then the last component on the, on, in the numerator is that cultural alignment. And that really boils down to likability. And and that um, definitely uh, crosses over into that marketing world. How likable is the company? <laughs> um, some companies are less likable than others. Um, and some companies just have certain communities or tribes like we were talking about earlier. Um, and so it's it's building that likability, that cultural alignment when you're talking about with the consumer, um, building some alignment with their interests and needs, right? The mm-hmm. final piece of that equation is egocentrism. And that's so a, I that's, that's the denominator. denominator. Right, right. Yeah. And so somebody who's e- egocentric, they're they're very they're looking at things from how does this benefit me? Um, it's very much a uh, personal focus versus the needs of others. Um, you know, you know, somebody who's, who's more egocentric if they're constantly talking over or interrupting others, or saying things like I and me versus we and us. Um, and they generally don't focus on their commitments to others. I think we can see why trust in government is, uh, is that at a low here? Because I can think of several people in our government right now that, uh, are very egocentric. Um, right. <laughs> and so I, I'm not going to go into who those people are, but I think we all uh, can picture those people. Right. Um, and so when that's high, other people feel dismissed. They feel unheard. They don't feel cared about, and they don't feel like they have an advocate that they can trust. And so within an organization, that's important, but also when you are communicating externally, um, to engage consumers, uh, it's important to think about those
0: things as well. Well, I think that this, um, I think that we should write a blog post about this for a marketing blog because this is actually it this is the trust equation you know in terms of uh, you know the you know somebody comes to a piece of content they got it's got to, they got, they got they got to be convinced of the capability and character and the cultural alignment of the company essentially in that content, right and Absolutely. then they can then they can't be overwhelmed by the company trying to sell itself Right. Right. If it's too much about buying the product, buying the product, buying the product right now, especially in the B2B space. Right. Then the trust is going to go way down. Right. I I think this is a great equation. You know, and and this is this was uh, why I said, oh, this I think this does have a lot of applications to developing uh, marketing and content and content is you you have to be aware of that when you're writing the, the content that you're expressing these the, the both the numerators and and uh, and and downplaying the cell or the denominator right That's absolutely oh.
1: and i think we can you know I, I don't want to jump the gun here on the on your yeah. questions but i think we can all think of you know marketing is an extension or or it, it there's an interplay with sales and and so uh, people think of sales and marketing together quite often, right? And we all have that picture of that salesperson, uh, that telemarketer, that used car salesman, that guy selling Rolexes, um, you know, whoever it is. Um, and, and we don't trust, we don't inherently uh, trust sales and marketing. Um,
0: right.
1: HubSpot uh, actually, actually did a survey and they found that only about 3% of people surveyed uh, considered marketers and salespeople as trustworthy.
0: Only three <laughs> percent.
1: Only three percent. That was less than professional. Less than professional musicians. <laughs> we have to establish that credibility first. Is you know that's what we've been talking uh, about.
0: And uh, you got to make sure that the blog doesn't seem like it's written by the marketer. It has to be written by somebody that's authentic, the engineer or, or somebody like that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who
1: has a, that expertise or they're looked at as an expert or credible um, and also, you know, talking to people as if they're human because they are human, right? Putting right, putting yeah. a authentic, making it authentic, make it, putting a human face on the, on the, the
0: corporation. Um, what and, do you think and, that's the best way for an organization to earn consumer trust?
1: Uh, absolutely. I, I, I think the trust equation, uh, build, build that character, build that, that credibility and that likability piece. And so it's speaking to their needs. It's making them feel like they're getting some value before you try to sell them on something. I think that's the, the best way to uh, to build a following. And then at some point as you build that following, you can that's when you're only when you establish that trust is when you're going to make that sell, that sale.
0: Okay, well, let's take a little deeper now into, into the content and the marketing. You heard me talk about eat, expertise, authority, and trust, and how it's important for SEL and I think, frankly, for most content marketing. You know, did you happen to think about where eat and uh, and and your our this discussion and the trust equation might overlap?
1: Yeah, that, that expertise and authority piece is you know that's credibility. That I think that um that's the credibility, the character, and the and the um cultural alignment or the likability factor. So I think the, the EA piece is is that numerator uh in the trust equation. The trust is is a broader uh concept to me so you have to have those other two things you have to establish those other two things before the trust comes but mm. you're establishing all three right um so do we trust uh, uh, the ability of the the marketer or the organization to deliver on the message right they're they're trying to sell me this do i trust that they're gonna uh, be able to deliver on that are they are they lying to us are they making stuff up people um in some ways, they're becoming better consumers of information. Millennials, for sure, they mm-hmm. don't trust any advertisement. They don't. And maybe, maybe, let me even ask you: uh, When's the last time you clicked on a banner ad or, or bought something off of a television commercial?
0: Yeah, they don't. But yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, so you have to establish that that trust piece, um, because they just don't inherently trust that the messenger um, who's coming through through with that that advertisement. And then um, the piece we've been talking about too is uh, the other question you're asking is, do, does this messenger, does this company really want to help me uh, or do they just want to make a buck off of me? Right. Mm-hmm. And so people look at the the greater societal impact of organizations and is this something that's helpful or is it just to, to earn a buck? You know, and, and again, if any of those things are, are zero um, people aren't going to trust that, that marketing message. I buy you buy. I'm sure everyone, most people buy from organizations they like and trust. And often uh, that like and trust comes through uh, communities of interest. Um, you know, if an organization can build up a community of interest that solicits feedback from their consumers, listens to it, actually uh, posts replies when they get the feedback, if their friends are part of that community, um, you're more likely to trust that organization if it, you know, and, and buy from that organization over and over again.
0: So do you have any, uh, any quick uh, advice for content marketer from behavioral side to get people to engage with marketing content or, or an established trust? Yeah, I mean, I'm
1: definitely not uh, an expert in marketing, but some, some things that I've read or, or things that influence me um, are when I, especially if it's an organization that's very new to me, you know, a slogan isn't going to do it um, or, or a, Paragraph isn't going to do it. I need to be able to engage in some longer form content um, where they can establish the credibility and the character. And it also needs to be something that's a value to me that's actually helpful to me. So maybe it's maybe it's not even a um, you know, a blog, a long, a white paper or a blog, maybe it's just a tool or, a, um, you know, some sort of a questionnaire or something that helps me think through a problem. Um, infographics are, are nice because they're very digestible, but I love data. And so I, I can't remember the guy, I think it was, I think it's Sam Baraka or something. He was the CEO of, of um, uh, Sarah Lee and he had a, on his desk a plaque that said, in, in God, we trust all others bring data. So if I can see data and I can verify uh, those data, uh, those are the types of things that are that speak to me. Um, if you think about longer, longer content that you can actually engage with, I mean think about when you search for something online. What's one of the websites that often comes up in a search engine? Wikipedia. Wikipedia, right. Long form, um, more re- references like you were talking about earlier. Um, it may not be the most credible, but at least there are references that you can you can check into uh, down the line. They use a lot of references. So um, I think more of that, more of engaging in that community aspect building those customer advocacy groups online with social media, um, even though social media isn't overall <laughs> that trusted, uh, people do get involved in their echo chambers and they trust the people that they talk to and, and they believe in. So for good or bad. Um, it's a, it's a good way to use social media. Um,
0: right. Yeah. I don't cool. Know. So, um, we will, we will be back in a minute. We will be talking about what to do if you really screw up your trust trust. And I will be talking to you about a tool to help you with your, uh, your on your website trust. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Brandon Young. So, Brandon, somebody puts out a commercial that inadvertently is offensive or does something like that and creates distrust uh, for an organization, or what are the ways they go about reestablishing trust?
1: Yeah, and I mean, that can cause huge issues, right? The- and it wasn't the intent behind it wasn't to, to cause that kind of an issue, but um, people people's perceptions of that intent is what's important, right? And so, the first thing that organizations have to do is to really publicly admit to a mistake. That immediately uh, improves one's credibility. May not prove it a lot because you need to follow that up. You need to take responsibility, um, and you need to outline uh, some sort of a plan to protect in the future. So. Trust can be effectively restored, um, but people need to observe a consistent series of trustworthy actions from the organization. And so you need to make that promise that you're going to make changes, but you also need to follow that up with the action. And so think about companies like, like this is beyond um, an offensive advertisement, um, but companies like Nike. Uh, back in the 90s, when uh, protesters exposed that in their Asian uh, factories, there were sweatshops and child laborers and um, they were abusing workers and paying uh, paying them next to nothing, right? And so at first... Uh, they were a little bit hesitant to admit that they were responsible for this. They didn't know what was going on, that sort of thing. Uh, but then they came out publicly and they they made a, an acknowledgement of negligence there. And um, they began to rebuild trust in the brand. And today, you can see that they've, they've, they've done things like raising the minimum wage that they pay their workers. They've improved uh, oversight of their labor practices. They also take on a lot of social initiatives, right? Social justice types of initiatives. They don't always focus on just their products. They focus on their athletes, right? So they do a lot. They've done a lot uh, to reestablish. I mean, it's been several years since that happened, but to reestablish trust. More recently, um, Chipotle, they had the E. coli um, outbreak. And so Chipotle um, was, I think, a very trustworthy company uh, before that happened, but they lost a lot of trust when that happened. I I don't know how many people... uh, were involved in that, but too many. Um, but they, you know, they did a bunch of butt kissing. They, they gave coupons and free meals and stuff like that at first, but they've also um, took out prominent ads uh, in, in major publications to admit wrongdoing. Um, they posted a video uh, from their CEO on the on their Twitter page saying, here's where we went wrong and what we're going to do better. Um, how they brought their standards up for their food safety program. So it's it's really about the first step is you need to acknowledge you screwed up, right?
0: So acknowledgement, um, then action, then content. <laughs> again, we can, yeah, exactly.
1: And, and we can go yeah. back to uh, yeah. government again. You can see why trust, I trust is eroded there. Uh, there's not much acknowledgement of yeah. what I'm doing there. But cool, yeah, it's important to go through those steps to really uh, reform. And then you have to make sure to consistently evaluate whether or not we're living up to those standards that we've
0: set. All right, great. Well, uh, I'm going to have to – got a couple other things to do. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what Scinet does and then how they can get hold of you or uh, find out more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So at Scinet, we, um, we do a number of things, but we use assessment in almost everything we do. So we're assessing individuals and organizations. We're trying to help uh, organizations uh, select and organize their talents in ways to optimize performance. We help facilitate change initiatives using those data – uh, to uh, We identify who your influencers are within your organization because uh, when you're going through some sort of a change initiative, we want to make sure that we're tapping into those folks because they can take uh, that change initiative uh, to greater levels or they can tank it uh, in a minute. So we also work with a lot of PE firms to help them um select their talent and develop their talent we offer coaching um, and we also help them with human capital due diligence before they go out and invest in an organization we want to make sure that uh, the leaders of the that organization are in the right places and and uh, can provide guide rails in case there are some uh, areas where we deem there's some perhaps trust issues so.
0: cool and how they get hold get, find out more they can get a hold of us at
1: sign uh, at um, and I'm uh, I I think, uh, I don't know if I, if you're posting to social media or anything, we're going to post this uh, on our social media as well. Um, but um, they can contact me directly through my LinkedIn page, um, just Brandon Young. I also, I have Twitter uh, at Dr. Brandon Young.
0: All right, great, thank you. So um, we are the tool tip of the day. So if you got bad links, to your website. Did you know that can affect your trust with the search engines? Uh, which means that they could be depreciated in the rankings, sometimes not even shown in the rankings. You can get a spam score that'll show up in tools like Moz that uh, while ne- not necessarily affect directly, if something else slightly happens to your site, uh, the, the, the compounding of both that and the bad uh, links to your site can actually get them banned. So you have to be aware of what is the link profile to your website. That's external links pointing to you. And while you don't necessarily have control of who's linking to you, there is tools to help you identify them and then to take action to make sure they don't hurt you. The tool we use is linkresearchtools.com. It will find all the bad, nasty links. It will create the report. and It will also uh, create what's called a detox file. A detox file is a file that you can upload to Google through the search console, telling them that you disavow all these bad links that you made your best efforts to identify them, that you made the best efforts to contact them, to get them removed, which the the leak research tool will do for you. Uh, They have a a, a built-in little CRM to manage that process. And so then you can, uh, uh, let Google know that, that 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 you had nothing to do with that, and you did your best to try to get rid of them. They will then, over time, uh, remove those links from your profile, discount them, uh, and and not penalize you at all. So, link research tool is a great tool to use for that. I think it's the best in the business. It's one of the fun, one of the few that actually will build a link, uh, link detox profile for you. Um, some other shout outs. I am on uh, this is the program is on the talkradio.nyc uh, network. Uh, and following us is Jeremy, J- Jeremiah Fox, host of the entrepreneurial web. I actually might be before us. Um, and uh, that's a very good podcast to go watch, but go to talkradio.nyc to find all the podcasts they have on this network. I think they're very interesting. Um, I have another podcast called Gateway. Uh, to the Smokies about my, uh, uh, interest in the Smoky Mountains and, uh, businesses is going down on down there. So please follow that on Tuesdays from, uh, six to seven on the same network. Uh, you can find us at, uh, this podcast and wisecontentcreateswealth.com where there's a, you can subscribe to a newsletter that will keep you informed about who, who, who upcoming guests are for, or, um, also a Facebook page where this streams live as well. Facebook.com slash wise content creates wealth. And again, my company is Galileo tech media. You go to Galileo tech media.com. If you need assistance with scaling up your content marketing efforts, your search engine optimization, or just having great blog posts that are uh, smart and written for uh, converting people into your customers, reach out to us. That's what we do. We do it on scale and uh, we can, uh, Make sure that your SEO, your content marketing is effective. I appreciate everybody coming up here. Uh, next week, my guest will be Dave Popple, Dr. Dave Popple, also of that Group. And we will be investigating uh, interesting things in sociopathy and other kinds of uh, things that affect your content. So next week, talk to you soon. Bye.